this is the avatar you at the moment, external, whatever you're doing at the moment. But the inner you, the soul, the body, the personality, you know, even though it's blocked by chatterboxes and and it's it's how do you let you out and what do you actually look like? In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. I think quite often people, uh, their, their chatterbox inside colours the way that they're thinking because they're actually talking to themselves and mm. they forget that they need to express that and share that outside. And quite often the reaction from other people is, well, I didn't actually know what you were thinking. You didn't tell me. And I can't guess because there's not enough signs for me to make sense about what you and actually want. And you're not want. there long enough, dude. Yeah. The signs might have been there, but you're only consuming them intermittently because yeah. you're not there all the time. Or you're so, focused on something else because that, that something else is what's important for you at the moment that you need to get done. You're in a chatterbox. Everybody's running yeah. around with these, these things on autoplay. Actually, in my head, my inner me, the real me is my inner voice. But my inner voice doesn't have... The, it, it, does, it hasn't expressed itself outwardly. Yeah. I don't believe anyone actually knows the real me. Because the rest is a facade. It's what's required. It's the suit for work. It's the, the sh sh it's not the shut up and put up. It's it's conform. It's a, a form of avatar, isn't it? It's an yeah, avatar it's, that's been created exactly. either for you by the company you now work for or by the the perception of what society thinks you should be. You never get to show the real me, and that becomes an obstacle. Is if you, because if you can't show the real me, how does anybody get to know you properly? And that's, that's the fear that's holding people back. And what they need to do is to start, and we all need to do the same thing, is to start to express those, those ideas, either verbally or writing things down or whatever, to, to, to express ourselves in those ways, which is why art becomes so important, which is why music becomes so important, because people use those means to, to at least allow people to know what they like and hopefully no, they actually, can share their lives with others. I'm thinking, well, you know, when you said Avatar, what popped into my mind was Avatar, you know, is it Steven Spielberg or... It's James Cameron. In terms of the Avatar, you know, just taking the the body being taken over by the soul of the of the of the individuals being transferred into this body, then then go meet the natives and converse with them and learn their ways, and then fall in love and and then is this individual falling in love with this avatar, this external body, or the internal soul? You that's actually a different even it's an alien. So your your soul transcended transcended the alien avatars and bodies and vessels to to unite with another soul. So. So then you start wondering, you know, these vehicles, these bodies, the avatar you. What is the avatar you? Is this body our avatar and it's the avatar to the inner chatterbox or the inner me? And therefore, I don't look like this. In my mind, I'm actually, I keep, I said this before, I see myself as the 18-year-old me. I see myself more like my son now at 15, 16. That's what I look like when I'm not looking like in the mirror. When I'm going down an escalator that has a mirror, I get a fright because I see my dad looking back and, you know, and, and I go, that's that's not me. That that outer body do no longer represents how I visualize myself. Now, the visualization is interesting in the sense of all these books we're talking about are going, how do you visualize the successful you how, where, how do you visualize what does that person look like how would he act how do they dress what are they doing how are they talking who are their friends what, what are they doing what are they looking or and, and this is where you 
can become that. Some, there's a false one where people go off and become a Barbie doll and get injections and try to become sort of, some sort of stereotype of what's expected or accepted. But inside everybody is, is this is the avatar you at the moment, external, whatever you're doing at the moment. But the inner you, the soul, the body, the personality, you know, even though it's blocked by chatterboxes and and it's it's how do you let you out and what do you actually look like? We have our internal level of consciousness, and when I start looking a little bit deeper and the mind's eye and from a Egypt well, let's, let's to take India. that a little bit further because one of the things it was saying was that technically now I, it's just because I have this close to me. Here is a lens. This lens, if you go by what that article was saying, has a conscience. Now the difficulty is is that. I know you have a conscience because you're talking to me, you can communicate to me. And I know that when I'm, I'm seeing other people, they do the same thing. But when they die, you can't communicate to them in the same kind of way. There's something missing, there's something lacking, there's something different. Well, I'm going to jump back in and go, we're all made of stars, including the table. So if you think about it, I could come back as a table a later date in the sense of my molecules are intermixed with some other you know immovable well, what, what, uh, one but of the videos is watching yeah one of, the, one of the videos is looking at which is kind of new age thing was called the universe within and it was actually looking at how um a um wilhelm reich a german psychologist who, who ended up in dispute he actually discovered that there was an energy in us and they started to look at things and suddenly noticed that when a flower actually died, you were talking about the stars, he could actually record this energy that was leaving the dying plants and it looked like lights like stars, but it was life. He could, he could see what was life, he could record life and it had moved away. What was left was a crumpled dark black object that was dead. It had no conscience, it had no life, what reminds me of is, um, again, it was some sort of YouTube video. It was ancient aliens, yeah. and it was it was talking about this egg, big egg-type structure. And on this egg-type structure, there was actually a line and, you know, intertwining what looked like serpents. Now, this symbol is reappearing at many parts of the planets at different timelines. And it was saying, this egg is, a, is, is and this symbol together is is actually is actually representing uh dna and and the fact of seeding seeding the planet potentially and 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 it's a it's a it's a symbolic representation of dna and the mesh just possibly hidden within it and, and this was then again mirrored across the planet from egyptians to to well, one, um, one of the other videos the i was looking at had the same kind of thing it was looking at how life is created and what do you need to have life and they were finding that there's little bits of water but they actually discovered was that if they took all the DNA out of the water, there was actually broken down bits of DNA that were split and they gradually merged together and formed DNA again and started to create life. So as long as you've got DNA somewhere in the universe, it can actually connect itself up to form life. That's what the article was saying. Now, claiming. we're back to going, what constitutes life? Is it, there's life and then there's consciousness. And and, and like what we say, we might be more conscious than an animal or an amoeba, but I mean, it, the amoeba is life and we're life, but in, and then we might both emanate energy, but at what volume of energy, like if, if, if we were to uh, die and then this little bit of energy goes back into the universe to be recycled and then somewhere else. One of the things that... Um the cognitive behavioral therapy talks about is that 
the process of cognitive is, is looking at what you think and how that relates to how you feel, which is the physical and the emotional. And then it's um, what do you do after that, which is the behavioral side of things. So effectively, the way we feel, the way we think affects the way we feel and both emotionally and physically. And so it's important to try and get rid of that negativity out of you. I was talking to a friend just before this uh, podcast or this, this session and effectively he's going through something similar to ourselves he wants to set up a podcast but you know i was trying to pass on the learnings that we were having in terms of self-coaching ourselves and mentoring ourselves actually we're self-coaching ourselves in the in terms of getting rid of the chitter chatter in each of our brains and trying to figure out what's real what's not what needs to be given advice what needs to be dismissed out of hand and not given air time or energy and and i was watching i know you're going to say it's quite rare but i was listening to him and hearing what he was saying and so a lot of what he was saying was negative in the sense of he had all these exciting projects he wanted to do but all he was kept i said when when are you going to do it when where when is the first part of it when is the blank page gonna have the first item on it and i says i was trying to say what we are finding is just do it just start doing it go from a blank to a something then we can criticize that something and and try and build upon it and and he was going no no i, I haven't got the equipment i haven't got the uh, the, the YouTube account I haven't got this I said well you have the content you have the story I mean you can work on all of that without ever having the other bits this excuse is gone I no longer have the excuse not to do and now it's do or die now it's you're, you're, now you have to step up actually Mark Metry I was looking on LinkedIn there he was talking about having like anxiety as a child and and, and social anxiety and didn't know where he's going to end up in life and now he's, he's, he's pretty much you know lecturing to millions through LinkedIn as being an influencer and writing his books and about like you know don't don't worry about being shy or whatever and just yeah you find your vice you find get, give your child get rid of the chatterbox and find the inner vice that matters and give it an external platform and reach out and you might have an audience of one and it might just be a mirror it might just be you but it's going to be the real you it's not going to be all these vices of monkeys and cages chitter and chattering and passing bananas around it's going to be the gorilla back in the room the monkey the elephant in the room it's you yeah and i think i think i think if we if you go from the monkey in the or the gorilla in the room what what the biggest problem is is you've got to open the door you've got to open the door and let it out now, one of the things that there's a little saying that says, you know, well, what's on your mind? And the thing is that quite often we don't get a chance to discuss what's on our mind. And sometimes it can be complete and absolute rubbish, but you need to express it. Even, and I think that's one of the biggest problems that we all tend to have. Oh, if I tell you what I'm thinking about, you'll, you'll think I'm stupid. It'll sound silly. It'll be daft. And you kind of go, no, nothing is silly. Nothing is daft. It's more than likely that you don't realize that that very thing that you've got to say, which you think is stupid, is not smart, is silly, could actually be the very thing that somebody else needs to hear to help them move in the direction that they need to go as well. So I was reminded of a Scarlet Pimpernel. Yeah. I was going, you seek him here, you seek him there. You know, I don't know what the last piece was. He was everywhere. You know, and because it's, it's like, that's it. We are everywhere. We are, if we start saying that this is one glow, uh, one universal universal consciousness then you're saying then we're just one of the sum of the parts therefore it's we 
it's like I said, you cannot if if it's bound by a, um, a vessel. Or, well, we're saying some sort of universal vessel bounding a universe. Then in there, all that then the let says that all your parts are going to one disappears here and moves over there. The, 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 the sum of the parts is always the same. Therefore, this energy doesn't actually dissipate outside the external vessel container. We are all one with the universe. We are the universe. The universe, by definition, is a sum of the whole or the whole of the sum of the parts. So therefore, it's not mutually exclusive. Within us, in the Fibonacci numbers, then we're saying on a micro level is uh, we contain the universe. We contain all, everyone. We are here. We are there. We are everywhere. We are every when. Come to think of it. Well, that that becomes interesting because from different religions, uh, the idea behind Buddhism is is that you reach uh, nirvana when you become one with the universe. And it's not that you're the only one, it's just that you're one with a collective consciousness of that whole universe. In Christianity, the idea is that the Holy Spirit is that consciousness, and we become one with the consciousness at some point when we when we get to heaven, if you like. Um, no, but we always one to begin with, because we are one when we're one. We're not none. We're some. Therefore, we were you know, we were one with the universe before, during, afterwards, and everywhere and every when. Therefore, it's only our level of consciousness that yeah. becomes self-aware of that we are one, have been one, will be one, always will be one. Therefore, enjoy the now. Well, you see, one of the things I remember as a seven-year-old, and I I remember going at Stony Stratford Primary School, back in Buckinghamshire. There's a group of us used to stand at the gate talking, philosophizing as seven-year-olds is, are we, what is the world really all about? And we were starting to talk about this idea that if we went round the corner, does everybody just stop? A bit like the Westworld kind of idea that all the robots were, you know, <laughs> they, they, they didn't actually operate unless you actually saw them. We were going back, that's back to the idea of the particle and the wave. Does light travel as a particle or wave, depending on the way that you look at it? Or does it change after you've stopped looking at it? And how do we know that people exist beyond our own? Now, that... that Actually, you, you reminded me now of, I think it's called, I was trying to remember the name of the Far Side cartoon series. Yeah. And the cows are in the field and, and when the people are driving by in the car, and as soon as the car goes by, if the cows all stand up and start having a chat. Yes. You know, it's only the observer was like, it, it's, it's this observation. They're animals when we're not looking we're the animals and they're acting normal. So, like, so is this the far, are we the far side? Actually, are we the far side? Now, you mentioned three numbers in the sense of we're either nothing, zero, or we're one, we're whole, or infinity is just a sum of all the ones. And Jordan Peterson, I was watching one of his videos and uh, somewhere in my rack here, I have his 12, prince, 12 rules for life. And his very first chapter, he talks about lobsters. You may be going, I'm not a lobster. What he was talking about was hierarchies. And he was saying that the hierarchies that we so lovingly adore in our institutions are actually something that's about 300, 300 million years old, we can't get away from them because we, we organize ourselves in hierarchies. And one of the interesting things that you were suddenly exploring, whether consciously or unconsciously with your daughter, was a shift in hierarchies. Because all of a sudden you'd become the parent, you were the parent, you were the teacher, and the child was the one that always looked up to the parent. But all of a sudden, in the role that you you were exploring, which was quite a difficult one, I think, for both of you, was all of a sudden the child become the parent, and 
the parent became the child. The roles had, had, had shifted round and the hierarchies had changed. I remember, and I was, not to get too negative, but I remember when my father was dying, he, he, had, he was acting almost like a child. And I, for the very first time, had to treat him as a child to try and help him calm down. And at that particular moment, I had this really kind of odd feeling that all of a sudden those roles had changed around and I was suddenly having to be the parent to help to keep him quiet. Or not necessarily keep him quiet, but help him calm down uh, in, a, in, a, in an environment that he found out of control. Get back to the yeah. stillness. Get back to the, the control. Now, now, I'm going to bring it back out of the dark. Into, into the, the light. light. As you say, you, you, went, you went a little bit deep there now into... Ooh. No, there's nothing wrong with it because we're all going to have those uh, circumstances in our life. Now, you're asked, this was about triggers. And I was going, you said lobster. All I heard was lobster. All I thought of was red and all I thought of was boiled and fricasseed and fried and how expensive it is and, and where, when would I ever get to eat lobster? And, and think I'm about the hierarchies the of those lobsters lobster in that pot seen. as they get cooked. And, actually, and, actually, and never mind that. Anything I've ever seen on TV was if you're picking the lobster, you're pointing them out in the tank. He's actually looking at you with two little eyes, wondering, he sees this big finger coming towards the glass and what it is is, it's you, it's your turn, I'm going to eat you. It's, you're going to be damn expensive, but you're going to be a great experience. You're and going that's to be somebody well forcing in their hierarchy of who, who eats who. Yeah. <laughs> then you're going, what am I doing out in a, out in a restaurant eating lobster? I, I can't afford bloody yellow pack cornflakes. Quite often we're told we have to set our goals, we have to have intentions, we have to know where we're going. And quite often we don't because... Even when we do have our intentions, we have our goals that we want to to aim towards, things change sufficiently that those no longer have the same meaning that they once did before. But quite often, one of the things I've been reading, I'm not sure if it's young or whether it's part of the artist way, is they were saying that if you can actually let go of your all your intentions, but become open to all possibilities, then you're not being driven by what you want internally. You're suddenly kind of going, well, actually, let's see what's what's happening around us and what we can connect to. And that, that universe is bringing stuff to us or however, however you want to look at it. Actually, I but think you were listening to me. To you're now remembering me a couple of weeks ago and I was reading Chopra and that was a law of giving and receiving and the law of uncertainty and the law of basically letting the... Don't don't put in the certainty because if you pick that yeah. choice, you're then stopping all the uncertain ones being maybe more credible opportunities or credible solutions. Therefore... You can always have that one, but explore your options. Let let the universe present other possibilities. And don't be definitive over this is the way you do it and this is the only way to do it. Most of the time, it just happens to be how you did it before and you're going to do it again. And that's actually the, 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 what's, what's the, that's the example of madness, I think it is. Or Yeah. Well, here's the weird thing. One of the things I started to notice is quite often... I would have a specific time that I'd met, meant to meet somebody. And for some unknown reason, all these other activities would get in the way. And you start to get annoyed with yourself because you can't, you've got to do these before you can get to meet that person. And then you suddenly realize that there's a synchronicity going on because all of a sudden you, you realize that that person is also late and they can't meet you at that same point. And when they do get to meet you, it's the right time because you're there. So you can actually let go and, and not get so anxious about 
having to get to things to fit right. Because the, coffee, often, the coffee is always in the coffee shop if the coffee shop is yeah. open. The only, the, only, the only issue there is, is if you don't get in there before it closes. Now, there's always there's 24 hour coffee shops out there. It's not important. It's the journey, the journey to go there to meet that person or I, I, I make a point of merely going to coffee shops, not making arrangements to see anybody in the, in the interest and the hope of seeing who turns up. And someone always does because they're doing something similar. The whole point of the coffee shop or the pub or the club used to be go there and, and there, a lot of people are making that their habit, their go-to place. And they know it's safe to assume they'll see someone they know and that will be who they were meant to meet in the first place. We're talking about a universe, which is a materialistic thing. The planet is a materialistic thing. We're a materialistic thing, and we eventually come. We know from physics that basically all energy is, it, it, there's, there's cause and effect. So if you create something to move, the energy goes into it and it disperses, but you never lose the energy. It may stop, but oh, it transforms into something else. Okay. Based on what you've said, it's a pre, that's, our mathematics going well, that, we've, that's we've it, yeah. But if we go back to the idea, we're talking about materialistic things. You know, you mentioned the idea that if you record this, we talked about recording, but, and you also talked about that you have to do something. In other words, there's an agent. And I think in a lot of these things, we, 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 we start talking about things, which is where the idea of there's a conscious in a book or a conscious in a stone. But we forget about the agent. What is the agent? And that's where most people start because they've gone away from the idea of religion. They've gone away from, you know, they, they even the agency of government, something governing us that's outside of us, that's trying to force us to do something and govern our behavior again is all materialistic kind of endeavors. But there has to be an agent that creates the effect in the first place, that creates the the force. Now, again, we're, again, we're back to the language of this is like a cat trying to define the box it's in yeah. of its Schrodinger's cat. It's it's a cat. It's going, but it, it knows it's in a. Uh, it knows it's in something. It doesn't know what the name of it is a human like uh, word for box. Yeah. But it's in. Now, is it in the box? Because the human put it in there, or maybe it isn't in there. Is it alive? Is it dead? Does it know it's alive or dead? Is it a reincarnation of my auntie? bunny i don't even know but either which way what's a cat some human word made up for this this bunch of molecules or atoms put together in a certain well, that's order why that has a when, when it, yeah when you start to study media you start to look at signs and symbols and when we actually talk we see the sign of the word cat we then relate it to a visual image of what we see as a representation of a cat because it has four legs uh, ears eyes and whatnot but it could be a dog and how do we differentiate between those? But we're just using it language could, to I, differentiate like, between identify. them. This cat identifies as a dog. You know, it doesn't, it, it, it's actually taking on humans or uh, uh, from its aunt and its owner that they're tra like transgender cross-dressing, God knows what, so it doesn't matter. This cat identifies as a dog. It, it, it doesn't know what it is. Its level of measurement and understanding is based on its level of self-consciousness. Or its interpretation of the environment, yeah. Or yeah. conscious universe. Yeah. Now, you were talking about earlier on about well, Schroeder's cat is an interesting one sense of the uh, the observer affects the state the cat is in or isn't in the box or not in the box we're in the unit we're on the planet earth we're the cat in the box of a level of awareness of ourselves as being human and the, the gods of the universe but we don't know that there isn't our own equivalent observing us yes. as whether we're here or not are conscious or not are aware of the observer that we cannot define which is still an agent 
which is so interesting because in reality I'm in a box that happens to be 12 foot by 10 foot surrounded by lights you're in a slightly bigger box but both of us through the conversation that we're having at some distance are able to picture the you know as we're discussing things we're talking about the universe our mind is probably filling up with images of stars and Milky Ways and galaxies as we define what that is. And then when we start to talk about stones and cameras and cats and dogs, we suddenly have a cat and dog in our heads, which brand we don't know. Well, very interesting. You know? If E.T. or God or a, 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 a more benevolent being is observing what's the equivalent of two ants and two boxes on a planet in a point in time, having a conversation about their own consciousness, lack thereof, or or is there something else in the universe that's consciously aware of these two equivalent ants having a chat about, you know... And they're having a good old giggle about it and sharing it on their version of YouTube. <laughs> they're just going to stand on us yeah. and it's, it's all over before we even know. And in that blink of the eye, our energy goes back to the, the subconscious universe to be reconstituted at a later date in a table on a different planet possibly. in a spreadsheet yeah and uh, <laughs> no wrong table <laughs> i was trying to think of the word connection because i'm an avid fan of douglas adams and the hitchhiker's light the galaxy the restaurant the end of the universe mostly harmless but dirk gently's holistic detective agency is another one and it's probably on netflix but in there are i don't even think it's in that particular series i think it's in the book but in the book is his um his uh theory and it's the fundamental interconnectedness of all things. Therefore, in the journey of the detective, he says, look, he doesn't go looking for clues. The clues just appear because the universe just gives them to him. So he randomly walks out the door and he doesn't know why he's going that direction, where he's going. And no matter what he does, it will lead to the ultimate solution because everything is interconnected. So and we, that's we were, the fundamental nature of what we're yeah. doing now. It's every program we watch is suddenly a jigsaw piece in the big picture of the universe of the journey we're going on. If we are open to that fact, or no, fact, if we're open to it, it doesn't even need to be a fact. It becomes a fact. It's a fiction at the moment. It's a fantasy. Actually, what the, that, that book, again, I was realising, I was a should have, would have, could have, always has, have been, because I'm a daydream believer, daydreaming, and I kept on daydreaming it but not materializing it so therefore i didn't have to put my hands up and go i didn't achieve it i could have achieved it. i should have achieved it i would have if i wanted to i do want it i just don't know what the it is i think that's i'm more open to the fact now i'm on a journey of self-exploration or with george and i'm sure you're on the same journey and we all can be if we're more open to the universe see what it puts in front of us be a book be a conversation be a new person to talk to i'm open to the fundamental well, here, here's the thing things. uh i have i have the same kind of problem quite often i can't get to the very thing that i want to but i find connecting things around it so i was talking about a film called signs and you, you kept hearing, I hear dead people, which is actually a line from the film called The Sixth Sense. So we're talking about The Sixth Sense. There's another connection. And the filmmaker is M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, he's the director who, who, who makes the, some fairly interesting sort of films. Um, but there was, a, there was we, weren't, we couldn't see the very thing we were looking for, but we were given a connection around 
bit like your electron going around the nu yeah. nuclei of an atom. We were given the thing that would connect us in there. And we just needed to see it from a slightly different perspective. And I think that's something that's quite important is quite often we just need to be nudged round a little bit further so we could see a different perspective that connects us to the thing we're there looking at. There is something. I mean, see, I wouldn't have known. I, I, it would have took me a while. I probably would have known that the film was a sixth sense. But I, I, would, I would have to think about it. I mean, the, probably the only thing I can remember about the film is the line. Actually, I probably would have remembered the line probably from an ad and not necessarily the film because it's the only one you ever see in popular culture you might try and remember where it came from and then join the dots but the sixth sense as a as a as an actual term we're going we've been talking about this sixth sense this open to the universe and the fundamental interconnections of all things and let the flow in and it's this other senses beyond the the, the 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 material ones i mean i don't even know what the, well feel touch you know you probably remember five five of them but let's go with the sixth one because we know. We well, feel. the sixth sense is you know, we feel. We, the, the the five senses are are sight, uh, taste, smell, hearing, and touch. The sixth sense is being aware of the supernatural. Right. Yeah. Now this is where it comes back to begin the yeah. conversation. ESP, the local, the this back into the book of instantaneous the, the, the theorem was the, lo, the local principle yes. something like that and and basically you can't travel faster than the speed of light because this and this theorem requires that you can and the only thing in popular culture that meets this theorem is actually voodoo in the sense of you can bit the pinprick here into the belly of a doll and you're 5,000 miles away and you bend over with the pain and there's nothing joining the two dots yeah and, and it's this it's this sixth sense, this extrasensory We've also power. talked about the, the mother that has a vision of her son who is completely wet, soaking wet, and he says to her, don't worry, I'm okay. She rings London, she's in Australia, to find out if he's okay and then discovers that he just drowned. So there's that sixth sense that's kind of connecting us. We were talking about the idea of determinism, but, but there's no certainty that any of those eggs will actually become viable and there's no certainty that the other generations. But what it is, is that the design of the, the person is that they, the possibilities are being laid down so that that could potentially happen in the future if the right combination of events actually occur. And in some cases, uh, I, I know that um, the certain family members would, 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 would not have, they, they may have actually got pregnant several times, but they would have actually lost. So there was uncertainty to whether even in the generation above me would have, you know, whether my mum would have actually had any more children than two that she had private. So we, we were, we were, it was uncertain whether we would be here, but we've turned up. The, the conversation there really was back to the, are we energy as an individual? Are, is our soul comprised of energy and what we're doing is occupying the body this body is just the avatar that has a certain time span of uh, of use. It, it, it's born, it grows, it's and it has. It's in the planet. Uh, planet it could last a hundred years plus plus or minus ten, and could actually be corrupted or destroyed or broken anywhere along the journey by external events. But if you took care of it, and other people could take, or, or the environment took care of it, it has a, a it, it has a life and can go on a journey of <clears throat> organic growth and then grow to the mind in terms of what it could possibly learn in terms of interaction and with the, the spirit universe. yeah that kind of spiritual well, energy yeah the spirit now now i'm wondering if the if there's only so much energy out there and the energy a certain bundle of energy is this definition of one of these spirits then had your mother 
lost the first egg, then that was only the avatar. It was never occupied with the spirit. And now there's an argument for and against that in terms of when is life spark and born. And but but let's say it went back to the pool, like you know that that egg didn't happen or it didn't materialize, and the next one did. Then that was just possibly the body, the organic body, and the same spirit took from that line of, of inheritance or from lineage and occupied the next egg. And you would all of, always have been you under determination. It's just which organic sort of growth uh, body or... Well, that or, principle, or, or, yeah, or that principle we're actually talking about, it, it, it almost indicates that if whether, whether the, uh, the soul or the spirit was inserted at inception or whether it comes at birth because you've got that nine, ten months... The people are considering forty weeks. Um, the thing is that even if it was insert, if if it was inserted at the at spark, the spark. <laughs> even if it doesn't make it to the other end, it's still on that life cycle journey and can actually go back out exactly. again and then does come back that, out again. Now, yeah. There's an interesting thing: does it come out of that body and go back to the well of souls, or does it stay within the body of that mother and her capacity of eggs that has that amount of energy that's going to lead to her? generations of of descendants so it's just like was i always going to be irish and are always born to my mother or would it have been in this terms of the soul as opposed to the body and the and the vehicle or would it that you know had it this had did this spark spark in india and just didn't come to full fruition and went back to the well of souls and then popped back up in ireland on the next like you know body vehicle we yeah, again, that's all. The, all and we can't determine that. <laughs> it's so. Well, that's it's interesting. So but the, the, I think we jump back to a different conversation from the, the theory. The, what was interesting under the quantity theory, or, or, or so say, uh, quantum theory was, I what I took from the book was, was all these theoretical physics physicists and physicists from, and I don't even know half their names. I heard, I remember the word Planck and Bohr and Bell and 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 even Stephen Hawking throw them in for good measure. And, and Heisenberg and, and is another of, person, uh, yeah. But, but Heisenberg and Schrödinger, but all these you know great men and Nobel laureates and prize winners went over a couple of hundred years, give or take, we're trying to explain the workings of the universe at, a, at a, an atomic yeah. level, at a, at a gravitational, at a momentum, at a speed. So e even like Einstein and his E equals MC squared and, and the well, theory if you, of if you remember, in the sense of nothing can travel the speed yeah, of light. If you, if, I, mean, I remember it being at school or even sort of more popular science, there's the sense that the human brain is far superior than anything else there actually is there. But with the, the Heisenberg's idea of uncertainty, you can actually start to see that um, they began to question to whether or not the human mind could actually absorb so much information. And I think it is because it's finite. But if we have a period of, let's say, uh, 80 years in which we actually learn through our journey into this life and then we go back again, then that they, they talk about the collective consciousness and they also talk about the uncollective consciousness. And you just wonder, is that the same thing? Who are you? What is what, what you are? What, what, what this is to me inside. I'm going the inner vice. It's, you know, everything else is a material representation. The clothes, the vice, the car, the house. Is this an extension of me? Oh, OK, I could be living in a one bedroom shack in the woods because I just wasn't able to to get in harmony with the universe, to to get the external materialistic wrappings to be who I think I am. I, I don't think I'm the prince of Dubai. I got, I'm not going to dress myself up with like uh, like flowing robes and, and, and white Arabian horse. 
horses running in a brown garden. It's it's it, that's not an external representation of who I believe I am. But everyone believes they're somebody or can become something, and they may or may not follow that journey to the land of Oz and to follow the yellow brick road of of the universe and going. What do you want from the wizard? What's behind the curtain? Who's well, on the inside here? What do you actually look like with your branded exterior, with your happiness definition, and with you at one with the universe? But the interesting thing is that if you are focusing on what you want constantly, you end up becoming so, you can actually end up becoming quite self-centered because you'll then start and say, well, look, I just want to be rich. I want to be rich. I want to be rich. And then you suddenly kind of go, but when I actually get there, I'm not satisfied. So there's something wrong. So I want to be richer and richer and richer. And then I'm still not satisfied. Whereas if you then suddenly begin to realize that actually the money, which is gradually going to be taken out of our society anyway, won't exist. Some It will exist only as digits. You won't be able to physically touch it. In, in the not too distant future, you suddenly kind of realize, well, actually, what I really want to be is happy. And having all those materialistic things doesn't necessarily make me happy. I need to find out what the true meaning of being here and being given this opportunity to live on this planet actually is. And quite often, it's not what you try to do for yourself. It's what you do for other people. It's how you make their lives better. And if you can share, in fact, a journey on your own is the most loneliest journey you could ever go on. The best journey is the ones where you get to share with other people. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.